Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast with the most by energy. Today we have Laura, Zoe, and Kellen. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I forgot I was next. (laughs) (laughs) And today we are talking about being bisexual. What does it all mean? Uh, Kellen, Zoe, and I are all cisgendered by women, so we will be talking about our bi experience from that perspective. But we also have a bi trans icon with us as well. So welcome, JD. Yes, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So it's true. I am an icon. Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, Welcome to the pod. Longtime friend of the pod. Feel free to introduce yourself in any way you feel comfortable. I'm JD. Uh, I'm non-binary, trans femme. I use uh, they, them, or she, her pronouns. Basically any pronouns that aren't for men, Hmm. I'll respond to. And I'm a bi- Pan lesbian Scorpio. <laughs> Love it. Um, I heard you were a Scorp Sag cusp, and I'm curious why you're not embracing being a Sagittarius. You're 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 not wrong. <laughs> I, I am a cusp and, and I need to embrace it more. You're right. This is this is Sagerature. Not only are you a Scorp Sag cusp, but you have like a shit ton of Sag in your. I know. That's why it's a Sag erasure. All right. Well, y'all should listen to the roasted episode where we roast JD and you can hear more about that. Anyway, so this episode has been a long time coming for sure. Uh, I remember when we did our first live show in Chicago back in October of 2017, and we all kind of looked around at each other and we're like, okay, so none of us considers ourselves straight. Um, and while maybe not all of the coven straight up identifies as bi or queer, there are no straights among us. Um, so navigating queerness and bisexuality in particular can be really freaking challenging. Um, we live in a society that lifts up heteronormativity and we have our own internalized homophobia to deal with. Um, so if you can date someone of the opposite, many asterisks there, gender, then you may be drawn out of ease um, within this society to someone. In that way, Uh, again, massive asterisk on the word opposite because there are obviously a shit ton of genders and we aren't trying to uplift a binary here, but our society does uplift that binary. So I I think it's important for us to understand how that influences what it means to be bi. Well said. (laughs) A dunkashin. So we... (laughs) This was kind of a last minute episode situation and we asked Twitter which is always interesting, what they wanted to learn about given this topic. And we got a shit ton of response. So first of all, the buys are out there. Uh, And so we're going to do our best as a collective here to answer y'all's questions or thoughts. Did anyone else have anything to add before we dive into this? Well, before recording, um, Laura made the comment that apparently the entire internet is bi, which I think is true. Yes. Um, I would also like to quote my brother. The internet is bi culture. I'm sorry, what, Kellen? (laughs) Yes. No, uh, 
I would like to quote my brother, who's he. He has told me he is he is a millennial. However, he has said that he believes everyone in Gen Z, everybody born during or after 1996, is canonically gay. Um, so <laughs> sure. shout out to all our our uh, you know young listeners out there. We feel you. We see you. We hear you. Um, we're so proud of you for being born into the canonically gay generation. Um, this one's for you guys. Yeah. Thanks. But also old gays too. Yes. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Anything else? That's all I had to say about that. Okay. (laughs) Um, I also think that it's important to note that we've decided that the, the buy drink of choice is a dry rosé. Uh, and two out of four of us on this call will at some point on this call be drinking a dry rosé. So that's your proof. Okay. Yeah, my my delivery is currently on the way, so when I yell, my rosé is here. Um, you know you've reached yeah. peak by peak <laughs> yeah. <by> culture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, so our first question, why are people of all genders so good looking? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marge, for this question. Uh, Honestly, this question coming from you feels particularly great because you are so beautiful and uh, I struggle with this daily. Like everyone is so beautiful. It's a struggle. It's a struggle of being bi. Yeah. I mean, agree. I think that that about covers that. (laughs) (laughs) What more is there to say? Truly. Truly. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, (laughs) Our next question was bi versus pan. What is the difference? Does it matter? So again, this is people asking the question like bisexuality versus pansexuality. We actually got this a few times. So I definitely think it's worth chatting about. But um, for me, in my experience, essentially there are people who feel like it really does matter. Um, and there are people who don't. I know a lot of folks who are non-binary, gender fluid, or gender non-conforming who use the term bi, even though their own gender is outside of the binary. Excuse me. Um, I do- <laughs> Listen. Welcome to ASMR burping. My, my rosé is a fucking... Uh, sparkling. Thank you. Sparkling rosé. So that you, girl. That shit, that, that shit is whatever anyway so um I don't think it as like cut and dry as people think it is I did have one person in my life who is non-binary who is really pushing for everyone to use pan instead of bi and I have conflicting feelings about that um you know I certainly am attracted to people of all genders uh so I guess like that can be considered pan because fuck the binary but bi feels like a much easier identifier to use. Um, And I only date leftists anyhow, so none of us are trying to hold up that binary. But I do understand why it matters for some people. Yeah, I I mean, I guess I mostly identify as queer, but I have had this conversation, like, many times. Um, And I've also heard it defined that bi means, like, being attracted to the same gender and other genders, so it's not necessarily, like, a binary of being attracted to two genders. Right. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of like discourse about this on the internet and it just really confuses me. Cause I, I don't think that they're really terms that can't coexist with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I identify as both bi and pan. 
and what that means to me is that I'm I'm bi and that I'm attracted to people of more than one gender. But in terms of pansexuality, I think about that more in the way that I'm attracted to someone because I'm I feel like I'm attracted to people irrespective of their gender. I mean, if I see someone who's hot, I don't I don't care what what's going on anywhere. I mean, <laughs> Very romantic. I I'm I'm a big romantic. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's just most important to just refer to people how they want to be referred to above all, but like this whole these distinctions don't they're not real. They don't yeah. exist. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think like everything that everybody has said is part of why I just prefer queer. Yes. Um you know, like bi can have those turfy vibes, even though as everybody said, it shouldn't. And like, you know, my attractions are not trans exclusionary, so I wouldn't want to paint them that way. Um, on the other hand, I've just never like jived with the term pan. It feels like it feels like a title that's like trying to outwoke bisexual, which makes right. me feel weird. <laughs> yes. Um and queer feels like a great umbrella term that's sort of like, hey, I'm not straight and I don't really feel like I need to define my sexuality beyond that. Um, I'm comfortable with the fact that it's like very open and includes yeah. people of like who approach sexuality in a whole bunch of different ways. Like I'm good with being sort of grouped under that large umbrella. So like, yes, I am bi, but I prefer queer and then I prefer both of those terms to pan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, literally okay. when I so to, I work with teens, y'all know this. And the when I use the term queer to identify myself, they're like, well, but, but what does queer mean, Lauren? I'm like, what do you fucking exactly. think it means, you teens? <laughs> so that it goes slightly against the Gen Z thing that your brother was saying, Colin, not to like ever speak against your brother. But some people maybe don't understand that in Gen Z quite well, yet, but they will. They do. They will. They'll get there. And and maybe they'll invent a new Gen Z term that is even better than queer or bi or pan um, and just come to identify that way. Or maybe because everyone in Gen Z is canonically gay, they don't even need to say that they're gay. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. They'll actually have to come up with new terms for straight. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, I think we need to get a teen on here to explain some of this to us. I mean, uh, I literally mm. could do that for us. Not even okay. a problem. Not even like a question. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, absent any teens telling us otherwise, um, Gen Z, canonically queer. <laughs> I think that about covers it. What's the next question? Uh, <laughs> the next question is, by erasure, what does it mean? Uh, I believe this was from JB. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I had a bunch. Apparently, I have a lot of thoughts on being bisexual. <laughs> Good, as you should. I mean, I actually don't know this about you, JG, but at least three out of four of us on this call have had uh, relationships with men. And that has been the way that I've personally experienced bi erasure. And I'm sure, like, in other ways, people have experienced bi erasure in different ways. But uh yeah I don't know I feel like so bi erasure has shown up in a few different ways for me uh I understand it as the way in which um our sexuality is not uh seen in an obvious way so we're considered to be straight um and therefore 
uh, erasing a piece of our identity in that way. Um, and I guess it's shown up for me in a bunch of different ways, particularly when I've been in long-term relationships with men. Um, and being considered straight because I was in a what seemed to be a straight passing relationship and um but also dealing with fucking men who were weird about bisexuality not all of the men I've dated have been but a lot of them have been like felt very threatened by that um women have too but to a lesser extent I would say um and I also feel like when I have been in relationships with men, I've felt much. Well, I don't know. I fucking talk about being gay all the goddamn time. So I don't really know what I'm saying here. But I do think like it was very important to me in a different way when I was dating men to talk about my queerness in different ways so that I felt visibly seen uh, within the queer community. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. I think for me, the main way that like by quote unquote by erasure has like manifested um, is it, it's I, I have less of a problem with it now just because I I don't know. I, I it's not something that I'm not hugely invested in how people read my sexuality. And I get why it's really important for other people. I especially get why if you're dating, it would be very important. Um, that's not my situation. But um, one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about when we were putting this episode together is how in an oppressive society like ours, Mm -hmm. being bi can make it really hard to know yourself. Um, I've talked some on this podcast before um, about my background. I grew up in this like very conservative environment, really poor sex ed, no access whatsoever to supportive resources for non-gender conforming kids, very religious and specifically evangelical Christian approach to marriage and relationships sort of being the norm around me, if not in my like immediate family. Um, like I, I knew that people could be gay. My mom was really close to two men who were out and together. Um, and so I was exposed from a young age to like the idea that gay relationships are normal and like, there's nothing wrong with them, which is certainly not how most people I was around, like how they were living, like the people I was going to school with and stuff. Um, but I, I didn't really know that people could be bi or like intellectually I knew it, but I didn't think that I knew any bi people, which like 10 years after getting out of high school, it's like, or almost 10 years, haha, jokes on you. Like everyone, you know, is bi. Um, <laughs> I, I thought being gay or I thought being bi was like being gay and that it was just something that you knew about yourself. Mm. Um, and I didn't have any clarity about that because I knew I had crushes on guys. So like, like, that was it, you know? Um, so for me, the biggest buy erasure isn't like the biggest issue with it is, isn't like people on Tumblr or Twitter being like, you're not valid. Um, it's that it's so easy for kids growing up in oppressive environments who have like this level of hetero attraction to go years without knowing themselves and without (laughs) you know, without understanding their feelings, because especially because there's this, there's such this, there's so much shame um, that comes with not understanding your own brain and your own heart. Yeah. Um, and I engaged as a teenager in some really self-destructive patterns because I didn't understand my own sexuality. Like I, I didn't, I literally did not have the language to describe to myself what I was feeling. I 
Uh, I fell in love with this girl, Katie, who was my best friend since I had been like seven. Um, And then I freaked out and I pushed all of my close friends out of my life. And I spent my senior year eating lunch in the library and dating a terrible dude who was super mean to me um, in large part because I didn't understand and like maybe hated the part of me that was queer. And it's this like this awful cycle and it's terrible for your mental health, which I think also brings us to another topic we wanted to talk about, which is mental health. Um, But I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts on bi erasure before we go there. Kind of going off of what you were saying, Kellen, like my first kisses were with girls and like hashtag thank you, summer camp, like the greatest, the greatest ever. But at the same time, all of those girls were like, weird about it they were like oh this was just experimenting I'm like I had the I had a great time um (laughs) so I think there is that like pushing that down because everything's kind of confusing and because there's like no real clarity on being only drawn to women or only you know like it's it's super gray and it can feel really complicated to navigate particularly as a young person I, I just like sometimes I look back and I'm like, what? I was such a fucking idiot. Like <laughs> there are things I specifically remember saying and thinking where I was like, what is obviously this is this should be telling you something like I, I, I read a lot in high school, shocker, whatever. Um, and I like remember I read this study about how like women who are in prison are more likely to have consensual sexual same-sex um sexual experiences than men who are in prison and this is obviously like again reinforcing the gender binary but anyway I specifically remember having a conversation with one of my friends being like yeah I get it like I think that if I were in prison I would probably like feel comfortable dating a woman it's like well you're in a prison babe it's called your brain did you ever read Foucault no I didn't I should have read that instead like why are you could date one right now um or like another time I would I read about these are all things I was just reading for fun because again I I at some point stopped having friends and I was like um I read about uh like the Kinsey scale and I remember talking to like a couple people being like it was guys being like where do you think you fall on the Kinsey scale which is for people who may not know is this um scale that a, a scientist who wrote extensively on gender and sexuality um, back in the middle of the 20th century created after studying men actually and like same-sex attraction same-sex experiences um it goes from zero to six with zero being completely hetero six being completely homosexual and three being like right in the middle and i talked to a couple guys and i was like you know, where do you think you fall on the Kinsey scale? And without fail, they were like zero, zero, zero. And I was like, well, do you think that's innate or do you think that's how you've been socialized? Because like, I don't know, I'm probably like actually like a one or a two. And I was like, like, again, Kellen, you idiot, you understand how social systems work. You can like think about yourself in this way. But it truly did not occur to me that like what I was saying had any bearing on my real life. I was mm-hmm. anyway, whatever. Again, moral of the story, I was an idiot. <laughs> Uh, no, that's all. That's all I got. Uh, I I reject the idea that you were an idiot, but yeah, uh, (laughs) mental health. It is unless people have other thoughts on bi erasure. I don't know. I mean, I'll just add that I was a full adult before I realized that like my male friends didn't think they should be kissing their other male friends. 
So I don't know. <laughs> oh, I do have a story, actually. I mean, <laughs> honestly, exceptional. <laughs> okay. Yes, yeah, Zoe, tell and, us. Um, well, so in high school, like first, when I was like a freshman, I dated this dude for a couple of months. We broke up. Then I like made out with my best friend, Allie, at the, my best friend at the time. And like people found out about it because she told them because she thought it was like cool or whatever. I don't know. And then people would, like make fun of my ex-boyfriend being like, oh, she didn't like you. Like you were her like experiment. And I was like, okay, whatever. Sure. Whatever. Um, but then like all throughout high school, I guess like junior and senior year, my friends and I would like pretty much just get drunk and make out with each other. Mom, if you're listening, I never got drunk in high school. Um <laughs> Zoe's mom, we uh, love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate your support of the pod. Uh, Zoe is a perfect child, and that is definitely uh, a result of you being an incredible mother. Okay, going on. Um. So anyway, yeah, we would all just like kind of make out with each other, and it was just like normal, friendly stuff, you know. But then, like the end of junior year, I I started dating another girl, and we dated for like about a year, and I was with. One of my really good friends, we went camping and she was like, and like, so the first time I like had sex or whatever was with my girlfriend. I'm like putting scare quotes around sex. Like, what is sex? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> because the point of the story is my friend was like, well, but like, that's not sex. Like if someone asked if you like were a virgin, like you still are. And I was like, fuck that person. Yeah, we got a really big fight this friend, friendship. So I guess that's pretty much the story. <laughs> That she was like, you know. So I think it's another, your like, friend in high school is homophobic. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like invalidating like non-hetero relationships is another like kind of version of that. Oh, of Jesus fucking Christ. Um, okay, mental health. Hi, Rose on the way. Oh, yes, let's talk about mental health. Yes, Rose. I just got the text. It's fine. <laughs> uh, cool. So... Yeah, mental health is a big fucking deal. My mental health is super wrapped up in my bi identity in a number of ways. But number one, um, it's wrapped up in that when I was dating men, I felt really like because I guess if we were talking about the Kenzie scale, I would be far more closer to the sixth end of the scale. But like I you know, am a part of this society. So was drawn towards men in that way. Um, but I felt really like confused and conflicted and messed up about that. And then I also have a shit ton of trauma related to dating men, um, specifically relating to men and them being like coercive as fuck sometimes. Uh, that's my personal experience. I've also had traumatic experiences with women, uh, but they were far more short lasting than the like long lasting impacts of the trauma that I have had with men. So for me, navigating trauma as a bisexual person has, I think for me, made me less likely to seek out dating any cis men. Like I, I personally would be surprised if I ever dated a cis man ever again. Um, and that is particularly related to my trauma, but also related to how men are socialized in this society to treat women uh, kind of like a bag of garbage on fire. Um, 
And I don't have any interest in fucking educating a dude on that shit anymore. Um, I think that for me, my mental health has certainly strengthened since I have stopped dating cis men. Uh, but I think that it's complicated, right? Because I'm still attracted to men because I'm still bi and still have like complicated feelings about all of that. But I do actually think that this is part of my personal privilege associated with being a bi person. I have a very straight friend. Um, she regrettably would say that she's closer to a zero on the Kinsey scale. And she jokingly talks about how she like asks her magic rock every day if she could become a lesbian because she has a ton of trauma associated with men also, but is not attracted to women and wants, but would love to have another option. (laughs) Can we we talk more about this rock for a second? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So So this is my friend Jess. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. That's who I thought you were talking about. Yeah, this is my friend Jess who was on the Halloween episode. She's like an actual real life witch. So she's been asking this like crystal rock for literally every day for like years if to make her a lesbian. And it has not worked so far. Uh, and she's very upset about it. Um, it's like because if there's like a gay magic rock, I want one. Yeah, well, same for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, but I do think that like, actually, I feel really I feel fucking hashtag blessed every day that I'm not straight because I think I would have a lot worse of mental health based on that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the people who were talking to us on Twitter uh, talked about like being a statistic and, um, you know, by folks are disproportionately impacted by poverty and sexual assault and abuse. Um, I'm certainly someone who has been affected by sexual assault and abuse as a bi person. I don't know if it's necessarily related to my bi identity or not, but I am certainly part of that statistic. And I know a lot of bi and queer folks who also are part of those statistics, unfortunately. Word. I uh, I think we could move on to a... Um... <laughs> Uh, sort of a, a different question that was posed. Also to from JD. <laughs> Wait, guys, my rosé is here. I have to be right back. <laughs> okay, my rosé is here. I'm ready to talk about being a hoe. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I pour this. Yep. <laughs> you let us know when you're ready. Whew, okay. Yeah, so JD asked, why do people think that all bi people are hoes? My thought is that because people are biphobic and whether you're with someone who identifies as straight or completely gay, they might think because you have more options available to you, that somehow makes you a hoe. Yeah. Um, and like being bi doesn't like mean anything other than who you're attracted to. And like it's very understood like sexuality is fluid, at least very understood, I'm sure, by our listeners. But like sex drive, which this is a somewhat different question that we were also asked about, um, like being asexual and uh, bi or queer. Um, but like sex drive is a separate scale of um, being fluid. And like, that's another thing that yes. does fluctuate based on like wherever you're at in your life or, you know, whatever you want. But <laughs> like sometimes I feel like being a fucking hoe and sometimes I'm like, actually, I don't want to look at or touch anyone for however long, you know, it happens. 
I fucking um, know. <laughs> but I also have a friend who's gay and identifies as like gray sexual because he feels like his sex drive is really low and like very dependent on being like really into the person, but that he's not like asexual because he does have somewhat of a sex drive. And mm-hmm. so I just think like all these things fluctuate. And also there's nothing wrong with being a hoe. Of course there's nothing wrong with being a hoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I stand a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Another another question we got says, please explore the phenomenon of bimonogamous, i.e. just because I dig men doesn't mean I'm automatically going to fuck you when I'm in a relationship. Yeah, again, I think this goes to what Zoe was saying about like sex drive and also like if you identify as monogamous or polyamorous or whatever the fuck, like that is separate from specifically sexuality and being bi. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, also even like if you're poly and have multiple partners, that doesn't mean you want to have everyone be your partner. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, stop flattering yourself. I'm not into you is mostly yeah. the lesson here. Yeah, I don't think this is what the person, I don't entirely know what like bimonogamous means, but it made me think of the term gender monogamous, um, which I thought would be interesting to talk about, which full disclosure, first heard it on the show Younger. Um, if anyone else has watched that show, Hilary Duff is wonderful in it. Um, <laughs> but basically the way they use it is like if someone is monogamous with a person of one gender, but they're open to having partners of other genders, um, which I think comes up in a way that, um, people find problematic because it can be invalidating to like those other partnerships, especially if like the primary relationship is hetero. And then it's like, you know, a, a cis man saying like, oh, but I don't care if my like female partner hooks up with like other women um, is like a common conversation I've had with friends because most of my friends are like queer women. Um, but I also see it being a benefit Fucking of being thank God <laughs> to like your partner's needs or desires to explore their sexuality. So I just thought that could be something to talk about if anyone else has thoughts on that yeah i just feel like do whatever works for you <laughs> you know i can't i can't litigate anybody else's relationships Hard especially if you're everything you're doing is like consensual you know that's like yeah yeah so i got yo yeah. if you're I, not consensual you're fucked and otherwise like do you yeah i had never heard the term bimonogamous before today still don't really know what it means yeah, I'm not but, sure if I just addressed it or not. Yeah, but, <laughs> but my 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 spicy hot take is that non-monogamous people need to stop acting like they're queer just because they're non-monogamous. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I mean, I'll yeah, take if central over here. If you're non-monogamous, that's cool. Relationship anarchy. I'm here for it. But like, stop, stop. We're not. It's not the same. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, another question from JD. Is bi privilege a thing? Thank you so much, JD, for writing this episode. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're welcome. It's, it's the least I can do. <laughs> for the only good podcast. Oh, wow. My heart did a flutter. <laughs> so I, I, we got a couple comments about bi privilege. Um, in the uh, like the, the Twitter ask for what people think. Somebody was like, you need to talk about how my privilege is not a thing. Um, 
and I know that this is a contentious issue and maybe I'm about to get canceled. Um, but I literally, if that. anyone cancels you, Kellen, anyone who tries to cancel Kellen is canceled. So <laughs> boom, there you have it. You cancel me, you'll get canceled. It's a mutually assured destruction. So <laughs> think twice before you cancel me is all I have to say about that. Um, but yeah, I actually do think there is something to the idea of straight passing privilege of, of by privilege, um, before you fling your phone across the room, I want to explain what I mean, which is, um, so privilege discourse, first of all, I think we have to like, think about what we mean by privilege, because I think that sometimes people who are having this conversation are talking past each other and talking about two different things. Um, I think privilege discourse can be really lib and like, can get really fucked up and sort of the bad version of identity politics. Um, I think that the idea of privilege makes the most sense when we talk about how people receive structural rewards for presenting a certain way or filling a certain role. Um, Our society is structured, you know, to reward heterosexuality and relatedly gender essentialism um, in the same way that it's structured to reward whiteness. It's, you know, it's structured to reward um, masculinity and manhood. There's lots of things that that are rewarded that um, society can even view as more or less innate. And having those things can mean that you have a certain amount of, you know, quote unquote, privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of sexuality, the heterosexual family is the nucleus for capitalist reproduction and its interests it's in the interest rather of the capitalist class to like force as many of us into those reproductive roles. And like by that, I mean the Marxist version of reproductive, not necessarily the biological version of reproductive, although also that force as many of us into those roles as possible. Um, And so for that reason, there I think actually are lots of structural rewards for being in a quote unquote straight relationship. And I'm saying this as somebody who is partnered with a man. I feel a lot safer physically with him around. And and part of that is contingent on the fact that he is, um, very kind. He's, he's not abusive. I think, you know, there are ways that this can go in a very different direction, which touches on sort of the trauma stuff that we've talked about. Um, but the world relies on women and non-binary people feeling unsafe to function. But at the same time, it provides women and especially cis women with physical and generally or traditionally at least economic security as a trade-off for participating in certain gendered traditions like hetero marriages or partnerships. Like patriarchy is not something that's foisted upon us completely. It's something that we participate in, um, you know, to greater or lesser extents, but Patriarchy works in large part because of women's buy-in, because it offers security um, and safety to women in a world that is deliberately constructed to be unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing I think is true for for you know like what's called compulsory heterose- heterosexuality. Um, and you know, in the same way, it's probably it's probably safer for men or you know man passing people to be partnered with women because of the way that the state sanctions violence against queer people. So it's not just, you know, women partnering with men. And I think that acknowledging this like quote unquote privilege is only acknowledging that structural violence against queer people exists in our world. And it's not, you know, I'm not saying that bi people don't get shit in a lot of other ways, that they're not excluded from some queer spaces in ways that really suck. It should not be grounds for queer people to shit on bi folks you know, especially by folks who seem to be in hetero relationships, but there are things that that benefits that come 
with participating in these, you know, again, hetero with the big quotation mark relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I do think that 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 is a thing. Yeah, it's a fucking thing. I mean, it's a fucking thing in my own goddamn family when they're like <laughs> uh, very much constantly asking me about my m- male ex uh, and not interested in my current life um but yeah I mean I also think like just to not to act like not to detract from anything that Kellen has said because I think that is all completely true but I do think that there is also a simultaneous oppression that happens by being someone that can blend in as a straight person so um in the sense that bi people can blend in with the straights, there's almost like a straight passing privilege that can come with this. Um, but I think it comes with such an intense erasure feeling that it can often not feel like an like a privilege in an, a mental or emotional sp- sense. Of course, um, in a physical sense, you probably are, as Kellen was saying, like actually safer. But in your mind, you might not feel that way. Um, I think it's also really important to think about how bi people are often excluded from queer specific spaces as well as straight pa- spaces. So it, it can be pretty, pretty uh, tough to feel like you fit in. Um, when I was in a relationship with a man, I would still go to queer events in Buffalo and was not treated very well by the biphobic queer community. Um, now as someone who probably won't date a man again, I really try to uplift bi folks within the queer spaces because I know a lot of my friends feel like they quote unquote don't belong or something because they fuck men, um, which is really dumb. Like, if you're a queer person and you're being exclusionary to bi people, like, why? We get enough of that shit with the straights. Uh, I hope that, you know, for folks on this podcast that that's not really a thing, but it it is uh, a potential issue in queer spaces. Yeah, and I, I do want to make clear that, like, you know, when I'm talking about physical safety, there there are different versions of physical safety. So um, we may have mentioned, I know we got a Twitter comment about this, about how um, uh, if you're breaking down, you know, the world into just gay, straight and bisexual, people who are bisexual actually have the highest rates of suicide, for example. Um, and uh, there, I think, can be a lot of a lot of that can, there's a lot of ways to explain it, a lot of things going on. I think part of it is that, um, that your conditions, you know, society is very invested in you not being able to understand yourself and explain to yourself how you're feeling, all of the stuff that we talked about before. So I do want to make clear that, like, that there are, you know, real material issues that come along with being by that, you know, are not invalidated by the potentiality of, like, you know, straight passing privilege or whatever. Um, and I, you know, also I should say like what I, what I'm talking about is in no way to downplay feelings of exclusion and that sort of thing. I think that there are certainly like individual and interpersonal issues that can come along with like, you know, what's called bi erasure, um, that can manifest in material ways. Um, but I, I also, I also think that, that there society is very sort of intentionally structured to reward people who are queer 
for behaving in ways that can be read as straight. And that can happen in a lot of different ways, whether it's your aesthetics, um, you know, whether it's your participation in the capitalist economy, um, whether it's your, uh, you know, participation in a nuclear family unit, um, whether it's, you know, continued adherence to gender norms. Um, and we sort of, we're generally rewarded for the, the, you know, all of us, whether we're queer or not, we're rewarded for ways in which we participate um, by sort of hegemonic power structures. But that doesn't mean that within our own communities with, by, you know, with people who are also oppressed that we're not receiving pushback. Some of that maybe is valid, you know, tell your friends to quit their jobs at Goldman Sachs. Uh, some of it maybe isn't, you know, um, but I guess all I wanted to do is make a pitch for the idea that there, there actually is some version of, of by privilege in the same way that there is privilege for per doing anything that seems to conform with the, uh, you know, with, with, um, the social roles that are outlined for us in this sort of, you know, heteropatriarchal capitalist state. This is, I mean, not to drag gay men here, but this is something I've only seen gay men do ever. And, and it's uh, make personal attacks towards bisexual people for, for quote unquote, having a choice, whereas they don't in, in terms of like struggle and queer liberation. And I, and I mean, yeah, it's, it's true to, to some degree, we definitely have more more of a choice based on, like, because of who we're attracted to, yeah, we have more of a choice of who we want to be in, in romantic partnerships with, but just because there's that choice there, I don't, like, yeah, that might be a form of privilege, but it's related to a whole lot of other things. Like, I had a lot, I have, I have many choices. I could have lived my life as a, an apparently cisgendered heterosexual man, and and I would have been, I would have felt a lot safer. Yeah. But I also wouldn't have the freedom to exist as who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think every, every person who's openly bisexual has made a choice to, to say that this is something that matters to them. And every person who, who for whatever reason doesn't want to talk about their sexuality, but is bisexual, they're also making a choice about their own personal comfort and safety. Yeah. And, and like the importance of everyone should have those choices to choose what level of safety they they have with their life and with their sexuality, what level of freedom they have to express it. And that's that's the core issue to queer struggle, to queer liberation. And anyone who who tries to pull any of this shit does not understand what it means to be bisexual and also is a garbage. Mm, yes. Garbage. Yes. Really well said. All right. Um, another question by Didi. What's the deal with bi lesbians? Um, so for those of you that don't know, you're about to get some education. Lesbian refers to anyone in the woman loving women community. And generally that includes non-binary folks as well. I've dated non-binary lesbians and know a lot of folks that don't necessarily consider themselves women, but also identify as a lesbian. Um, I'm bi and also use the term lesbian. I think there's power in using the term lesbian sometimes. Like, yes, I love women and am attracted to women. Therefore, technically, I am a lesbian. And But I also have the most fortune of 
also being attracted <laughs> to men. So I am bi. Um, and not all lesbians identify as bi, but all bi women, even if they don't use the language, also are technically lesbians. Yeah, I feel like I often use the term lesbian more when I'm like currently dating a woman or a trans femme person. Um, and those are also often times where I'm like, you know what, I don't think I'm attracted to men anymore. Um, and it <laughs> turns out I'm sometimes wrong about that. Um, but Hard then when relate. I'm dating, when I'm dating like a man, I don't want to obviously like I would never be like, well, now I'm straight. Those are the times that I'm like, no, I'm definitely like bi or queer. Um, <laughs> never would I ever think that I'm straight, but sometimes I'm, I'm dating a man, but sometimes when I'm dating a woman, I'm like, I do not like men anymore. Sometimes when I'm dating a man, I'm also like, I do not like men anymore. So yes. sure, sure, sure. Can y'all imagine being straight? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> cannot imagine being straight. <laughs> no, it uh, never been the other way where I'm like dating a man and I'm like maybe I'm not bi anymore (laughs) (laughs) maybe I'm fucking done with this (laughs) yeah I mean I I feel very strongly about the importance of identifying as a lesbian especially as a trans woman because the way that I'm attracted to people I feel like inherently relates to my own understanding of my own femininity Mm-hmm. And and I've I have noticed a very distinct shift that I can only really describe as like the energy is different. But like since I have since I really like figured out my my quote unquote gender troubles, <laughs> I <laughs> the, <laughs> I've noticed that the the way that I'm attracted to women now just feels massively different than it when I was when I still thought I was or was pretending to be a boy Mm. and I think a a lot of that is probably due to compulsive heteronormativity and issues about patriarchy and men's relationships to women versus women's relationships to women and uh, women's relationships to women's are are, are better than men's relationships to women yes in a a huge way correct Yeah. yeah 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 I, I don't think I don't identify as lesbian. I don't think I ever will. Um, I think that my relationships with men have been for better and for worse, such a huge part of my life um, that it would feel disingenuous for me to identify as a lesbian. Um, but respect and love to everybody who is a lesbian. Y'all are great. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. Uh, and you're probably smarter than I am um, for just cutting that out of your life. So congratulations. <laughs> But I would like to reiterate that lesbians are not cutting men out of their life necessarily. Like, just like a square is also a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. I would say that bi women are lesbians. But you don't have to use that language. Not all lesbians are bi. Anyway, that's how I would describe Well, lesbians, I wish you the best of luck in cutting out of your life. Hey, hey, Megan's here real quick. Megan, say hi. Hi. Hi, Megan. Okay, bye. Um, okay, so which astrological? We're gonna fucking. How are we gonna get through this whole fucking? Thing? It's fine. Okay, we're really done. quickly. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, which astrological signs are by? I love this question. Thank you again, JD. Um, 
I'm ready to make everyone mad because everyone was like, uh, definitely Gemini's or definitely Cancer's. I'm like, y'all fuck yourselves. So um, as always, I'm going to stand a fire sign because obviously. Uh, and to be fair, three out of four people on this call and the actual hosts of Season of the Bitch are all fire signs. So sorry, J.D. Um, J.D. could have claimed it with that cuss. Could have. Could have, <laughs> but again, does not. Called out. It does not. Um, I would venture to say that all fire signs are the most likely to act on their bisexuality, but that's mostly because fire signs are the most likely to act in any situation. Like water signs might feel intensely for people of all genders, but they might hold it inside. Air signs might just be like, yeah, of course I'm bi because I'm all over the fucking place, but I'm not really going to put a label on it. And then earth signs are going to be like a little reserved about talking about it. Maybe uh, use really specific language about it. But once they own that identity, they feel really solid in it. Um, so that's my that's my astrology take. Here's my take. Um, I think most people are at least a little bit gay before society squeezes that out of them. Um, so the answer is literally every single sign. This has been astrology with Kellen. Yes, more Kellen on Roasted, please. <laughs> Yay. Let's do it. Um, I, I feel slightly disparaged as a water sign, but my, my Sag, Moon, and Venus agree with all of the things that were said about fire signs. <laughs> <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Um, so uh, the idea, this, so this is another comment slash question that we got from Twitter. The idea that we are allowed narratives of queerness, queerness not based on trauma. Um, oh, well, I was answering a different part of the question. Yeah. The sec- this how um how to claim slash embody queerness while in a straight passing relationship yeah, hit us with it yeah okay. this person did tweet a lot of things at one time yeah it was kind of several questions in one tweet so i just took part of this um <laughs> so let's talk about straight passing relationships which as addressed at least at least three of us have been in um but i think i mean no matter like who is in the relationship or like what genders, like every relationship is very different and unique. Um, and what people like, just because it looks traditional from the outside, doesn't you have no way of knowing either of their sexualities or like if they're monogamous or anything else about them, unless they tell you. Um, but like, I'm currently in a hetero relationship, which like does make me feel uneasy when we're in public. And I know that like, it's making me look very straight. Not like all the time I'm uncomfortable in public with him, but it's like, you know, when we're like attending certain things and I'm like, Ugh, I just don't want everyone here to like think I'm straight. Like what a fucking curse. It'd be so <laughs> embarrassing if they yeah. thought I was straight. Oh my right. God. Like what a fucking shame. And also who's to say that like that one relationship is their only romantic outlet. I have literally 5 million crushes and you could be one of them. Ooh, Ooh. what's up? Hey. <laughs> You're getting thotty on season um, of the bitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had approximately one half glass of rosé. I'm ready to tell everyone I'm in love with them. Yeah, it's fine. I've had two full glasses of rosé and I am a lightweight. So I'm here with you for this. <laughs> Um, as the person that hasn't been drinking, I guess it's my responsibility <laughs> to take the heavy, one of the heavy parts of the suite, which is why does so much of the mainstream media around queerness center trauma, mm. or at least that's how I interpreted it. You know, why do we 
have to have either heroic gay people overcoming immense odds to be happy or else just have tired stereotypes. Um, and I think this the reason is similar to like the reason that we tend to get like, you know, if we think about any representat representations of marginalized people in the media, you know, white men, white straight men get like these incredible you know, character, you know, diverse characters, um, diverse in terms of personality experiences. Um, women in movies frequently tend to be one note. Um, you know, if you think about the way that African-Americans are portrayed in um, a lot of film, it's like you either get stereotypes or you get the same sort of like, you know, despite the fact that they were handed absolutely nothing and every person they've ever met shit all over them. Like he, let's like really rejoice in the fact that they were able to overcome racism and we've just solved it with this movie. Please give us an Oscar. So I think that there's, you know, similar stuff going on with queerness. You know, I, I, I specifically am talking about like homosexuality um, because trans people are virtually invisible right. in our modern media, like just like people of um, Asian descent and, you know, a lot of other groups were just, they're just totally disregarded for the most part. Um, however, there's good news, which I think is that studios are starting to see that there's money to be made and better portrayals of queer people. Um, so I hope everybody is getting ready to have their money extracted from their pockets by slightly more sophisticated stories. That's all I have to say about that. All right. So next question we got is the particular stigma around bisexuality for men and how it is assumed to be a halfway stage for men who will eventually come out as full gay. Which I just want to say is interesting because I feel like it's the other way for women where it's like, a lot of bi when people are like, oh, they're just like actually straight. Yeah. And then when men are yeah. bi, it's like, oh, they're actually gay. Uh, yeah. I, that's sort of what I was going to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> don't apologize. That's like a great. I mean, I didn't have your answer. Obviously, ah. none of us are men. Um, so, you know, there's uh, how equipped are we to answer this question is sort of a different issue. Um, but I know that for me, sort of going back to the fucked up environment I grew up in, that was very much the message that I had internalized, which mm -hmm. is. Um, you know, all bi men are really gay and all bi women are really straight. Um, this was reinforced. There was like <laughs> a kid who came to my school in like eighth or ninth grade and told everybody he was bi. He was from England. He was so exotic. Um, this was a white guy. Uh, but it felt very exotic. He told everybody he was bi. And then like a year later, he came out as gay. And I don't know how he identifies now. I think any kind of coming out is really brave in the environment that we were in. But it did reinforce for me that like for dudes being being bi is just like a way to ease people into the idea that you're gay um, because they probably you have reason to believe they will hate you if you come out as gay. Mm. Um, and like for women, I did not know any bi women. I saw like one portrayal of bi womanhood and Degrassi, which is where. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was like the no, hot lesbian named Alex, uh, and then uh, she started hooking up with like the the mean girl, the blondes. When they were, I think they were like study buddies, and then they kissed, and Paige was really confused, and then she went back to dating dudes, and naturally, I interpreted that not as, hey, Kellen's sexuality is fluid, but like, wow, uh, if you probably, you probably like girls, if you like girls, you probably know it, uh, and you don't just like Paige, so anyway, um, 
The other final thing I would want to say about this is that I think a lot of this is wrapped up in the way that we conceptualize masculinity and that men's relationships um, in the modern context, which leaves very little room for platonic intimacy um, because Mm -hmm. we are taught to assume that any closeness between guys is queer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then women, on the other hand, are allowed this platonic physical and emotional intimacy with each other, which can actually be its own problem because it makes queerness illegible. Like, queerness can be buried in really close friendships for women. Um, And so anyway, this is, I could go on about this. I think this stuff is really interesting. I think we should do a whole episode on like the logics of gender or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I do think that, uh, you know, for men, any kind of um, uh, sort of closeness, physical or emotional can be like, you know, the flashing red light sirens, woo, woo, gay. Uh, <laughs> and um, anyway, all of this, everything I just said is in a super gender, uh, gender essentialist framework. It's very exclusionary for trans people, um, but that's the logic of the system. And just by being trans people completely throw off the entire system and reveal it for how bankrupt it is. Um, uh, so the, everything I just said is mainly in the context of the way that society views cisgender people. And then we got a question that said, IDK, if you have trans people on the show, but I think a lot in about the particular weirdness about being bi and trans. Oh, I can talk about that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Shady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it is, it is a uh, super weird. Um, so I'm, I'm at a stage of my transition where generally most people who see me will read me as male unless they know me or unless I'm like incredibly femmed up and it, but I'm mostly attracted to straight men and gay women. And so I generally look like someone who the people I'm attracted to are not attracted to at all. And it's super weird. (laughs) Not fun. (laughs) Big struggles. Big struggles. Um, Yeah, I think we could probably go a lot more into that, but as we're like literally, uh, we're going to obviously have to do another episode on this, but like, yes, thank you. Uh, So um, then someone asked how sexuality as someone who's bi changes over time slash situationally slash in a relationship to one's own gender identity as well. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I talked to someone about like fluidity of sexuality earlier, but I'm interested in like, um, how that relates to like gender identity. Um, for me when I was younger, I was very much like a tomboy quote unquote, or like what, like I wanted to buy like boys clothes all the time. I got in a fight with my grandma because I really wanted this. I was obsessed with dinosaurs and I really wanted this um, T-shirt that was a Triceratops, but it only was in like the boys section. And she was like, no, like you can't buy that. Dude. And I was like, not only boys like dinosaurs, that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, like pretty much my whole childhood, I like mostly was like pretty masculine. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, like, through puberty and just through, like, being bullied, started being a lot more femme um, and kind of feel like a day-to-day fluctuation of, like, do I feel like wearing more, like, feminine clothing or not today or, like, whatever, how am I feeling, what do I want? 
Um, and I talked to Kellen about this, like when we got drinks a few months ago, but in my Twitter bio, I have pronouns. It says like she slash they slash goth. And people have asked me about this. It's not like a joke about pronouns. I feel like I don't necessarily, like, I can't really grapple with my own gender identity. I mean, I am a cis woman, but like, that doesn't always feel consistent or comfortable for me. But like, I always feel comfortable when I like look very goth and I'm wearing all black. Um, and that's how I feel. And I also do think that, like, depending on who I'm dating, it changes as well. Like, I think I'm more, like, alpha personality and, like, sometimes act, like, more masculine when I'm dating a man because I want to be, like, dominant because um, mm-hmm. I'm also very fiery. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just think it really depends, like, kind of on a number of factors and, like, how I feel that day. Yeah, I mean, uh, I... For me, I didn't even fully realize that I was bi, like, definitely, until after I realized that I was trans. And I figured out that the reason for that was because, like, when I thought I was a boy, I was, like, not attracted to gay men. Mm. And and then when I started to transition, I was like, oh, oh, da-doy, I'm not attracted to gay men because I'm not a gay man. Mm. I'm a woman who wants to kiss soft boys. Sure. Right. The realist. Yeah. Yeah. I also in my that reminded me I took like a a psychology of human sexuality class in college and we watched this documentary by Buck Angel who like, you know, Buck Angel, he he has his pros, he has his cons. Um, But he made this documentary. What's it called? It's called like queering the trans man, I think. And he interviewed, like, a ton of trans masculine people um, and talked about how, like, a lot of times from transitioning, be it from, like, the hormones or just, like, the, you know, personal experience to transitioning, like, often does have an an effect on their sexuality. And, like, a lot of times people's sexuality before they transition isn't the same as after or during the transition. Um, So I think that's interesting there as well. I, I'm. This is audio. I'm nodding a lot. <laughs> yes. Like, mm, this no. is the podcast like, yes. struggle. Yes. I yes. Know. <laughs> so I know it's about time for us to wrap up, but I thought it could be fun to conclude by talking about what things we do or like or wear or whatever that we feel like are buy markers. Um, so like for me, I've really embraced the like pattern short sleeve button down look wearing one right now. Yes. Cuffing the sleeves, tucking the shirt in, tying at the bottom. I feel like a very powerful vacation dad, and I'm extremely into it. Um, the other by thing I do is that I think women are extremely attractive. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's okay, Kellen. <laughs> like, I... What do I do that is not really flagging that I'm by? I don't really know. I just had a bunch of <laughs> teens tell me today that I would get harassed on the street because I look gay, which is honestly the best compliment I've ever received. To, um, to give you wait, some context, you asked, you were trying to explain something to them and you were like, for example, why would I get harassed? On yes, the right, right, right. I was explaining the concepts of privilege and oppression to teens <laughs> and they were like, I was like, where would I be oppressed? And I thought they would say like as a woman and they were like, because you dress like a boy. And I was like, okay, we can go down this rabbit hole. And they were like, yeah, you gay as fuck. And I was like, All right, thanks y'all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't realize that I quote unquote looked gay until recently, which is kind of hilarious now. Um, 
And, you know, I make a bunch of gay playlists all the time. A billion Twitter crushes like the gay lords intended. Um, stalking <laughs> lesbian centered Instagram accounts, being extremely into astrology. Sorry, the straights, but also not sorry because we're taking this one, bitch. Uh, wearing overalls as my main fucking piece of clothing. Uh, being super into women and non-binary folks, of course. And post about being gay all the fucking time because gay Twitter is everything. Also, Beautiful. I want to be clear that it's not that you wear overalls all the time. You wear the one pair of overalls. All correct. The time. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And they're perfect in corduroy and, and they're green. Wonderful. Yes. yes. And yes. we stand them. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. I have a drawing in uh, my house that is framed that my friend drew of me while on mushrooms of, of me in the green overalls. And so that's my identity. That's it. <laughs> I think for me, one, I realized as we were recording, like, rosé is truly the drink of the buys. Because why choose truly. between white or red when you could have rosé? Yes. So true. Yes. So rosé is canonically buy. You heard yes. it here first. Correct. <laughs> or on my Twitter, if you were watching me tweet during this episode. Um, yes. And the other thing is I am, like, a turtleneck fiend. I have so many turtlenecks sweaters tank tops uh you know just regular long sleeves everything i'm like turtleneck queen and um turtlenecks are gay i'm taking it yes i agree (laughs) (laughs) so for for me my big two would be uh i have an old-timey singlet swimsuit which is the most bisexual piece of clothing i think anyone could ever possibly have (laughs) and the other is that i write like 40 poems a day poetry's gay (laughs) poetry's gay no more straights no more straights in poetry what are you doing john dunn get the fuck out of here (laughs) (laughs) all right on that note thank you so much jd for joining us (laughs) (laughs) uh jd any last words before we say goodbye to you um, don't be a reply guy, be a reply by and play Dungeons and Dragons by. Okay, speaking of which, you should float your own fucking Dungeons and Dragons podcast because we cross collaborate with it. Ogres and Organizing is what JD is on. It's great. You should check it out on our Patreon or their Patreon or their regular thread. Shh, don't tell people how to get it for free. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we've been. We've been on a break, but we're allegedly recording soon. Yeah. I'll keep subtweeting my, my co-host. Yeah, I, you should be. I was like, well, excuse me, what the fuck? Anyway, yes. Okay, well, thank you so much, JD. Have a great rest of your evening. You too. Bye. Bye. Oh, well, um, thank you, as always, for listening. Um, if you liked this episode, you can leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Give us five stars or don't bother. Um, <laughs> we are on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Season of the Bee. We're also on Facebook, kind of. Um, you can email <laughs> us with thoughts, ideas, um, love and praise at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. And finally, of course, we are on Patreon. Um, we have a few episodes that we um, have put up there that uh, are never coming out. They're just for um, subscribers, including a couple with um, JD uh, doing a 
Dungeons and Dragons. Did yes. I get that right? Yes. Okay, I clearly am not on it. Um, <laughs> I'm a cool person on this podcast and don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but the rest of the nerds uh, are doing I don't know either. <laughs> I'm well, on probably- it, bitch. I love it. It's great. <laughs> No, it's actually great. You should listen. Um, I still don't fully understand Dungeons and Dragons, but it does seem extremely cool. Uh, and maybe someday I'll have enough friends that I can play with someone. Um, I would play with you. Wow, thank you so much, Zoe. I would also okay, play so with both let's of you. start a Dungeons and Dragons league where none of us know how to play. Oh, I would love that. Okay, and then so... we don't play; we just drink rosé. <laughs> At any rate, some great content. Zoe and uh, Laura have done some great episodes. Uh, in a series called Roasted, where they roast people based on their astrological charts. Um, lots of good stuff up there. Oh, us hating on Taylor Swift. Anyway, yes. you get the idea. Um, I think, yeah, give us money on Patreon, hear that content, help us buy um, overalls for Laura so that she doesn't have to wear out the green pair <laughs> as beautiful as they are. Help, help me purchase uh button down shirts i don't actually get any of the patreon money but i would still like you to help me buy them um i think that the more pressing thing is in a serious fucking way uh i do all the editing on my personal laptop and my laptop is about to like (gasps) it's it's like it would be nice if we if y'all just like signed up for our patreon so that we could continue to edit this uh in with the computer that it really has the capabilities for it. Um, yeah, um, because you don't want to hear the unedited versions, truly. You really don't. Uh, you don't want to hear that. So with all that being said, we love you. Have a good rest of your day. Keep being gay. Love you. Be gay forever. Okay. Bye. 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 Love you. Yeah. Season of the Bitch. Oh.